Hello, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 35, and I am one of your high priests of Conchu, Ray. And I'm Rebecca. Yep, and we are heading towards the Overvoid this episode, uh, looking at the latest Max Bemis and Jason Burroughs issue 193, the last part of Crazy Runs in the Family. So... Grab your issues out, sit back, relax, and get your conchu on. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. Thanks for joining us yet again. We are here to continue the Moon Knight train of reviewing all the comics and TV and toys and, and any news to do with, uh, with Moon Knight. Um, we unfortunately don't have Konoshu with us, uh, tonight, but, um, Rebecca, hello. How are you? Hello. I'm good. It's the middle of the night, but apart from that, I'm good. Um, uh, yeah. That's good. It's a good week for comics. It was a good week for me. So, yeah, it's good. Fantastic. Fantastic. And, not only is uh, is Rebecca joining us, um, but we also have a special guest, and uh, he is one half of the Moon Knight Core Facebook page, which is a an immensely popular and funny page, um, all to do with Moon Knight. We have Chad. Chad, hi, how are you? Hello, doing just fine. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, Chad, where are you um, broadcasting your dulcet tones from? Over in the uh, United States, Port Angeles, Washington. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I um, actually, you know, the United States being such a large country, I had to actually um, take Google Maps out and have a look where you are situated, more so to actually get your time zone um, right. So, um, Looney, yeah, we, we actually have, uh, we're working in three different countries here. So, um, myself in Australia, Rebecca's over in the in the UK, and uh, and we have Chad from the Moon Knight Core over in the US, which is pretty cool. Um, before we get into news, I guess, Chad, um, it would be great to, to get a bit of a, an insight um, into yourself and, and, and the, uh, the Moon Knight Core page. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, how, how did it come about? Um, well, to be honest, I'm not, like, a huge part of it. I, I'm not an admin or anything. I just really like talking to other moonies you know we just go ahead and exchange memes a lot of the time but you know it's a lot of touch and go on various topics on Mm -hmm. you know the night and well it's just a lot of fun yeah i mean it it is it's really cool i mean they're all for me it's the uh the daily funnies basically always um always like to get the the notifications of uh one of the memes or, or, or some of the memes that you post up across but you do it with also um i guess he he is the one that has started it's um it's bobby from uh from the uk as well i actually uh yeah i mean i actually found out he was he was english <laughs> because you guys have uh, just recently done it like an audio uh review uh yeah they went ahead and Posted that this morning, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was only just this morning. Okay. 
Yeah, because I was just in the layover from uh, one bus to another, and I see this pop-up. It says, hey, we just finished recording this. And it was, uh, you know, the same review that we're doing today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, it's just really good. I I try to listen to all of it because um, look, it's, it's early in the morning here uh, in Australia, and I woke up and I and I saw it. So I I got the a good good twenty twenty five minutes in, so nearly finished it. But it was um, really good ideas on on Moon Knight, and we'll crack into it with this with this issue as well. But uh, interesting to see how Bemis uh, Bemis's run kind of sits amongst uh, the other volumes of Moon Knight. Um, Rebecca, yeah, how, how would you see, just like overall, I guess, how do you see Bemis fitting in to the whole Moon Knight canon? Well, he's, he's certainly come in different. Um, let's see if I can get my thoughts together on it. I, I kind of like having a fresh voice, Mm -hmm. but I think he's experimenting and it's not always a hundred percent successful. Yeah, I think, um, yeah. Would you tend to agree, Chad, as well? A bit, a bit hit and miss? I'm actually pretty fond of it. Like, yeah. It's not 100%, but I think it kind of fits in with, you know, Moon Knight's, you know, fractured mentality. It's kind of disjunct, uh, dis- it's sort of disjointed, but it's kind of like, painted glass you know it's just kind of in its own way yeah it's um it's certainly interesting and and has it has its supporters as well as as some detractors as well i mean like i guess i guess any um any writer who does push the envelope a little with the character will always create a divide between those that that have a more traditional sense of the character and and those that want to see you know the possibilities that the likes of it's also incredibly hard to come follow Warren Ellis and um, mm. Jeff Lemire. Oh, for you sure. Know, if if you're going to talk about like jumping onto a character, they're not. I I don't know if I'd want to be the. I mean, and and for that I do kind of appreciate it because I think you could you can either be terrified of that, or you can like go for it. And he's definitely gone for it. And I mean, on the whole, I like it more than I dislike. And I, that's what I said. What should I say? On the whole, I like it. I enjoy it. I think mm. Moon Knight's a character where it can take, he can take fresh takes. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is hard because like the Lemire one is just outstanding. That is a very hard one to follow up on. And you've just reminded me of one of the memes actually on the Moon Knight core. There, um, there is one of Moon Knight grabbing a guy and it's, um, it's all to do with that, with that thing that you mentioned, Rebecca, about the, um, you can actually flex your creative freedom with, um, okay, <laughs> with, um, <laughs> with Moon Knight. We should uh, point out that is, that's a cat. That's, yeah, a little cameo from Flippy. Come on, get yeah. out. Um, yeah, you can, you can, you can, um, create your, your, you can flex your creative muscles, I think, with Moon Knight. And, uh, and Moon Knight is like, if you look at, oh, if you look at all the Marvel characters, or most of them, Moon Knight, um, does actually kind of give you that flexibility to, um, 
to go with it. It seems like the editors just say, you know, just run with whatever you want, as opposed to, say, the X-Men or Spider-Man, where I think they have very strict rules of how to depict him or them. Uh, that's def- that was definitely what Jeff Lemire said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think he can take tonal shifts, and I think that's always going to have people who are pro and anti. Mm. Because you get you get very settled in what you're used to, yeah. and I think you know. Um, and in a day and age where we're rethinking how we talk about mental health, we were never going to go back to the really old days of Moon Knight. I mean, we're never going to go back to oh, that no. probably because just the, you know discussion like how we phrase it and how we think of it is just different now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, covering some of those classic runs, which Connor and I, and uh, yeah, yeah, Rebecca, you, you see how um, not only mental illness, but but um, a lot of social aspects, um, how I treated yeah. back in the day. So um, it's kind of good, yep, that we've kind of gone past that. Uh, but yeah, for sure, for sure, there are certain things that you don't want to retread. Um, Chad, how, how did you actually get started uh, following or, or collecting Moon Knight? To be completely honest, yeah, it was Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, cool. That's great. Yeah, and so this this is very we were, yeah. It was just you know me and a couple friends taking turns, and you know everyone had to pick their hero to work with. We unlocked Moon Knight, and mm-hmm. I'd never heard of this guy. <laughs> just coming out of the darkness indicting voice just moon night yeah just like flippy yeah really that that is um that really parallels uh one of our previous loonies to come on board tommy he was mentioning how uh he was really taken by the voice of moon knight as well on ultimate alliance uh it seems to be a uh, it seems to be a uh i've got a crazy cat here so sorry i'm really distracted um yeah, it, it seems to be quite a popular way to, to get introduced to Moon Knight. So I guess we've got to tip our hats off to um, to the video game as well for actually bringing in some fans. Had you collected? Did what? What did you collect at you know at the time before you um, fell into Moon Knight? Before Moon Knight, yeah. I just kind of did a lot of, uh, uh, for instance, Loki: Agent of Asgard. Oh, oh I love that run. It's like one of my favorite things ever. I think my favorite bit was uh, when he blows up the river fish. It's yeah. I just oh, I just love it so much. <laughs> I am um, sorry. Yeah, no, next to nothing of that. But that that's that's cool. That's a pretty recent run, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Loki, Agent of Asgard. That would have been. Um, just a couple of years old, I guess. Yep. Uh, Ch- yeah. Yeah, Chad, um, had you read any comics before that as well? or Before that, it was a lot of uh, the classic TMNT, you know, all black and white oh, and nice. red. Um, nice. Aside from that, primarily Batman. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, again, we always get that. <clears throat> I think similar with Tommy, there's a correlation between obviously Batman and uh, and Moon Knight, which we've kind of covered before. So uh, yeah, What's that kind of makes sense. Out? Sorry, what was that Rebecca? 
I was making our usual wash your mouth out do not make it <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um all right well look we might just um dive into a bit of news at the moment um there was a a bit that i i found um so the first first off the bit of news is um a couple of cameo appearances of moon knight in some other comics that came out um the past week uh the first one was daredevil 600 so that was written by charles saul and uh, i think uh, drawn by ron garney uh i only read this um last night actually and it was it was pretty good i thought it was a nice solid issue it was a, a double size issue as well um a little bit of moon knight in there but um a lot more than you see him in in damnation actually um rebecca had you had you read daredevil of course yeah mm, excellent yes i do like yep. daredevil at the moment and uh it was a good issue good issue yeah it was um it was a classic moon knight there so he, he um he was in his his hood and his cape um <clears throat> but he got his little moment to shine i think when he, um they were all kind of waiting to um to i guess crash the party of all these crime lords and um yeah definitely moon knight, yeah, doing the the classic uh, through the skylight and screaming yeah. vengeance. So that was pretty cool. Um, his other cameo uh, was also in um, the Damnation event, which we will be covering the tie-in in a, a separate episode. But he was also seen in Scarlet Spider number sixteen, and this cameo appearance, he was in his Mister Knight guise, um, and he literally had, I say, just the one. The one panel? Yeah. Is that, yeah, but yeah. that's that's been the same with a lot of the cross at the tie ends. Yeah. Haven't had a lot yeah. of them in. Um, They've been lumped um, in there. Yeah. Ch- Chad, what did you. Have you been following um, Damnation and had you picked up that issue with Scarlet Spider? Um, to be honest, I haven't picked up Damnation because Mims kind of ruined it for me with the uh, Deadpool esque Mr. Yeah, yes. Night appearances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'll yeah. probably be at least reviewing them from my friend's collection of some sort, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is one of the sticking points, um, I must say. Um, Moon Knight's depiction um, in Damnation and how Donny Cates has kind of handled him. Uh, <clears throat> look, a big a big cast of the Midnight Suns and and a lot of characters get through with Damnation and rightly so it's it's more leaning towards Doctor Strange but uh, yeah but there are a lot of loonies um, feeling that Moon Knight's um, been left a little on the wayside and and depicted um, in a I don't know a different sort of of uh, madness uh, more of the as you say more of the Deadpool um, type um, Rebecca what what are your thoughts on on this uh, my thoughts are he's in it so little as I, as is like mm. Iron Fist except for the tie-in um, and the other people that I'd be reading it for that is it it's not something that would stop me enjoying a story. Mm-hmm. They kind of recognise it and go, yeah, maybe it's not the Moon Knight I'm used to from the last number of years. But yeah. as we were just saying, you know, different people taking big different takes on Moon Knight, um, yeah. and at least this one isn't so much. Um, this one's not so much canon to me because it's not being written as part yeah. of the Moon Knight run. Um, if there was a Moon Knight tie-in, 
yeah. and he then it would be jarring. So I'm kind of glad there isn't. Yeah. Um, and I just see it as like he's, be- you know, he's in, he's barely in it. It's like, yeah, it's it's not enough to annoy me because like I'm just like, yeah, they're doing the same for all of them a little bit, you know. It's not the mm. it's not the Ghost Rider I'm used to. It's not the Iron Fist I'm used to. Doctor Strange seems to be the only kind of consistent there, um, which is fine. And and the Iron Fist has barely spoken in Damnation, so you can't have the same criticism of him because he's done nothing. <laughs> except a f- except a few flips, but at least he has the tie-in to shine. So yeah, that's true. I mean, he's got his own book to to really flesh it out a little bit more. Um, having said that, on the flip side, we did get inundated, I guess, with um with Moon Knight over three three separate comic books in the past week, and uh, each of them very distinctly like, are quite different from each other. So with the uh-huh. Daredevil, yet yeah, yeah, you had him in his um his caped. Uh, classic costume. You had the Mister Knight in um, in Damnation, and in his own book, even something different. Still, like he was just obviously just Mark Spector, no costume there. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a good week to see Moon Knight in other comics, albeit you know just a, yeah, yeah. A quick. Flash. I mean, it's nice, yeah. nice that other writers want to use him. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I, I guess that's just one step forward. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. So I had this theory. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's working off the whole different narrative of Mr. Knight and the Damnation crossover, as well as, you know, the Daredevil bit. I read the Daredevil bit, and it was definitely classic. Yeah. But because of the events in the Bemis run, I'm not sure if that's actually our boy. Out on the streets for damnation. Ah, yes. I think I know where you're heading towards. I think with the so, backwards crescent, his strange actions, it, yeah. it feels a little impersonal towards Mooney. Yeah, I. Yeah, I can say that. What, what do you reckon, Rebecca? Yeah, possibly. I think it may just be a writing thing. It may be a writing thing, but I'd like to think of it as a as a, <laughs> something like that. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll get into we'll get into it as well with one ninety three about the whole um, the army that was deserted by a sun king and uh, a potential cult of Conchu, um, which we yeah. I mean, you know, having said that, that kind of comes after what's already happened through Daredevil and uh, and in Damnation, but still. Yeah, I, I like that idea, Chad. It's pretty cool. Um, also, actually, this one's I guess would would lean towards um, yourself, Chad. Uh, the next bit of news that I saw was there was another um, there was a another uh, article from PlayStation Lifestyle, and it was titled "Marvel Video Games That Need to Happen." And this one I included just basically because. One of them is obviously Moon Knight. Um, I think it would be great. Uh, again, I think we've we've gone through um, like this kind of thing. I'd love to see Moon Knight in a in a standalone video game. Um, the likes of uh, the Batman games. I look, I'm not a gamer, you know, by any any stretch. But I had played the Arkham, is it Arkham Asylum, and all that. There was a couple of Bat- Batman ones. And they were awesome. Um, so I reckon I can see a Moon Knight, a 
moonlight thing happen. Um, Chad, any any thoughts on more of a, a moonlight video game, or had you played him in like Contest of Champions and Future Fight as well? Actually, I'm trying to work on him on uh, Future Fight. I play that daily. Probably. Um, as for Contest of Champions, it kind of was sporadic. I stopped playing it because it turned into very pay-to-win. Mm-hmm. But Mooney's handling in that was interesting because it was always fluctuating. He had this passive buff that would change, and it would just dictate different act types as it mm-hmm. was uh, phase of the moon. Yeah. Um, what what I really liked as well. I don't know, Chad, if you played. Um, they stopped it now. It was um, Avengers Alliance, I think it was. Did you ever come across that game? I knew of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you knew it was fantastic. I really lo- I loved it, and they closed it down. Um, yeah. Sorry, Chad. You were saying. Something? Oh, I was just saying. I heard of it. Never picked it up. <sighs> Yeah, it was it was actually really cool because um, I think it was really well thought out because with the Moon Knight character, because um, you have these you know certain skill sets and stuff, and it concentrated on his um, his aspects. So like you had you had the Watcher, the Defender, um, the Pathfinder, and uh, I can't remember the fourth one, but um, they were really cool. And and um, yeah, anyway, it was a it was a you had three Avengers. It was very simple compared to. Um, Ultimate Alliance or Future Fight. It was just kind of like very static, but uh, it was quite addictive. So yeah, it's a shame that that's that left. Um, okay, well, the other bits of news. I just wanted to, um, yeah, I wanted to, to actually plug uh, that audio, um, the review from the Moon Knight Core Facebook page. Um, that is pretty fresh, actually. So um, when this podcast comes out it will have been um i guess out and about for a while um but it's really good it's got the um it's got the moonlight core reviewing i guess holistically bemis's run which is uh which is quite interesting um and some some very good thoughts there as well um yeah yeah uh anything anything there to add chad about that or just looking to go ahead and pick it up at the end of the day. <laughs> yes, fair enough. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it up on the um, on the show notes as well. So um, definitely something to look forward to. Uh, the only other bits of news I've got here are, are pretty much um, Moon Knight alumni kind of related. So apparently the other article I picked up was after 20 years Marvel um, will finally publish one of uh, Warren Ellis's series of uh, Satana, which was, I think, part of the Marvel Knights um, kind of collection. Oh, yeah, they seem know. to be. Oh. They seem actually, to be setting would... a, doing a whole Marvel Knights. Um, yeah, publishing. I think that would pre. Thing. That would predate it, though, wouldn't it? Oh, was Marvel Knights all the way back in the late nineties? It probably was. Yeah, possibly because it's they. Did it? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Warren Ellis's, uh, you know, a couple of his issues of Satan is going to be released, which is pretty cool. Um, another cool one, which is, I don't follow it. It's a TV show, Gotham, 
Um, and again, we can't get away from uh, relationships here with, with Batman. But Charlie Houston actually writes a TV episode of Gotham, which I, I thought was interesting. Um, yeah, Charlie Houston, as many loonies know, um, the, the main writer for Volume 5 of Moon Knight, uh, very popular amongst a lot of loonies as well. So, um, And what we're currently uh, reviewing in our modern runs. So... Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Chad, do you do you watch Gotham? Yeah, I've been going ahead and picking up a few episodes here and there. I'm up to date on what they have on Netflix and mm-hmm. a few episodes in between that don't exactly make sense, but uh, a few of the characters I really love. Like they really yeah. illustrated the Penguin with amazing credulity. Ah, yes. Yeah, he he does look quite remarkable. There's another gentleman there as well. Um, Rebecca, do you watch Gotham as well? Uh, I haven't watched any of the new series. We tend to get it a bit late here. Right. Who's the the guy that looks like the Joker, but apparently he's not the Joker? Is he? Oh, uh, Jerome. Jerome. Right. What's his story? I don't remember. Child of a circus, kind of like a Dick Grayson type thing, except uh, there is a bit of intrigue involving the murder of his mother. Okay. Cool. No, well, um, Charlie Houston's on, I think, on an episode there, writing, so that's pretty cool. Um, also, we have Jeff Lemire, uh, his Black Hammer series, which he's trying to expand the universe for. Um, he's going to release, or they're going to release, uh, the Quantum Age, which is set, I think, a thousand years into Black Hammer's future. This should be pretty good. Um, Rebecca, I know you've been following Black Hammer. I've been following it too. I haven't picked up the, um, the other offshoots of it. Um, I haven't yet, no, because I only, I, I got Black Hammer in trade. Ah, um, okay. I got the first volume in trade, then caught up with the last ones in issues but i haven't bought either the tie-ins yet but i hear they're really good um but i'm gonna get them in trades um because after establishing that i thought it was a good read i decided to like pick up the trades um Mm -hmm. but no i mean it's great he's doing great work and um on this there's some things he writes i still i'm not 100 percent on board with um like uh but almost everything that he writes i love so um, it's good. It's it's a really nice homage to sort of Silver Age comics, and yeah, um, yeah I'm looking forward to him doing the thousand years in the future. Why not? Yeah, yeah it's always exciting. Um, it's kind of like Valiant's four thousand and one AD. It's it's good to. It's a nice little thing to to have. Yeah, futuristic iterations of, of the universe that you're the, I and, mean, if, I guess that's and if you're you know if you're in charge of the whole universe yourself then you can do that because the problem mm. well i get the problem you have with it with like 4001 ad and book of death and stuff like that is whether you're tying yourself into a you're suddenly tying yourself into a continuity like this is where the world has yeah. to go towards this point yeah but true. he's like totally in charge of it and he's also only bringing these these spin-offs are only coming in like very short like four issue runs Right. So they're not like yeah. attempting to be this massive, sort of um, yeah. all-encompassing thing. But no, I'm excited by it. It's a good, it's a good comic. That's good, and, and I think with um, if if 
if you are, say, Jeff Lemire and you want to, I guess, be able to have a, a grasp, I don't want to say control over, over everything, um, then it makes sense, obviously, to, I guess, to have smaller smaller snippets, like smaller limited series of stuff. Um, otherwise, yeah. if it expands really exponentially, then you start losing, losing control and um, having to, I guess, you know, impart it on other writers to, to handle. Um, so I guess it allows him to kind of, um, yeah, to still keep his hands on the reins for it as well. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah Chad, we, had, had you been following Black Hammer? To be completely honest, nope. No, okay. It's uh, had you heard, had you heard of it? I mean, look, it's really it's part of I think was it Dark Horse, Dark Horse. So, um, yeah, it uh, it obviously doesn't get as much exposure as say Marvel or, or DC, but it is a it's a very well written um, comic book series. Um, and if you enjoy the Jeff Lemire run um, of Moon Knight, uh, yeah, I think you'd appreciate Black Hammer as well. Well, Lemire has. Has a track record of good stuff that he's written, so <laughs> why not? Yeah, he um, and he's so prolific. I mean, he's just continually bringing out stuff as well. I don't know how he how he handles it. Um, he's had a lot more hits, I think, than misses, but he has had his misses. I think we've discussed before um, his extraordinary X Men run. Um, I wasn't too big a fan. I'm a big fan of Hawkeye. I wasn't. I wasn't too big a fan of his Hawkeye run. Um, again, again, very hard to come follow Fraction. Um, yeah, true. I like, and I like bits of it. I, th- I think I'm right. I think, yeah, I like bits of it and other bits I didn't like as much. I like how he told the story. I just yeah. didn't necessarily care about the story. And then I, but then it kind of won me over by the end because I quite like the ending. But yeah, I mean, like, it's it's almost impossible to judge. I mean, like even yeah. if you're an amazing writer, it's very hard to come and and jump in after an iconic run. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, that has its own sense of humour and then and try and keep anything. But I I thought it was, it was well told. There's yeah, I mean, yeah. no no one can have a hundred percent track record when you're yeah, producing that... that much stuff because some of it's going to come down to taste as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, because there's—I mean, I'm just trying to think which. Um, I mean, I've not read any of the terrifics, but I'm also not really that interested in reading the terrifics. So, yeah. um, I mean, I read the first issue and I was like, "Yeah, it's all right," it, it, but it didn't inspire me to go. Oh, it's Jeff. Let's let's read everything about it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it certainly comes down to taste as well. And I wonder um, how much. Of it, like uh, I guess with Lemire, if they offered him Hawkeye, or if he actively sought out to write a Hawkeye story, you know, I'd imagine with Moon Knight, he probably was looking at the potential there and thought, okay, this is great, and I can, you know, I can, I can tell a good story, um, as opposed to say like the Extraordinary X Men, where Marvel probably said, oh look, you're hot property at the moment, um, why don't we get you on an X Men book? Um, so I yeah, guess that I, can kind of yeah. I get the sense that Old Man Logan and Moon Knight were the ones he enjoyed writing the most. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, Chad, I don't know if you've read Old Man Logan, but it's another really good read as well. Um, I loved yeah, it. it. Sorry, I loved Old Man Logan. Oh, awesome! Yeah, um, Andrea. Sorrentino as well on art it was just fantastic. I mean, not not everyone's cup of tea with art, but um, I think he really suited that kind of gritty, 
It was, um, yeah, beautiful. Grim, yeah, yeah, thing. So anyway, um, I think that pretty much wraps about wraps up the news for for this week. Um, I think we've. Why don't we just kick ahead and go with uh, what we've all come here to do, and that is to go over the moon. Yes, we are back with Over the Moon, which is our comic book reviews, um, well, review. So for this episode, we will be concentrating on the latest issue by Max Bemis and Jason Burrows. It is um, Moon Knight number 193. And uh, what I thought would be pretty cool, yeah, I thought if we can ask our, our good friend Chad to give us uh, the bare bones for this issue. So before we start, um, as always... For those who haven't heard uh, this before, um, we will start off with the bare bones, which is a synopsis of the the comic book that we're going to review. Uh, it will then be followed by four main aspects, which are just four main themes of the issue, which would we find uh, interesting to discuss. Uh, any notes, which are just observations um, or references or Easter eggs or anything like that, um, and then we cap it off with our. Crescent Art Ratings out of five. So, having said that, um, Chad, would you mind uh, giving us the bare bones? Okay, so this is Moon Knight, Volume 9, Number 193, Crazy Runs in the Family, Part 6 of 6. It was released 28th of March, 2018. Obviously, Bemis, Burroughs, Inkers, you know, it's Guillermo El uh, Ortego. Matt Lopes is the colorist. Corey Pettit is the letterer. And the editor was Jake Thomas. On the Isla Ra, Mark is mercilessly beaten and tortured by his captors. The army of the Sun King want compliance from the night. And whether it's the brutal beatings handed out by a group of surly thugs or sadistic torture with burning hot needles, they intend to get it. Meanwhile, Beatrice Deat- uh, kneels at her bedside, a world away in New York, and prays to Konshu, a safe return for Mark and Marlene, her father and mother. Frenchie looks on as Beatrice gives a heartfelt prayer to Konshu and hope that her lost father, whom she just found, is returned to her and that he saves her beautiful mother. Things aren't looking good on the island as Mark is beaten to an inch of his life. He's cradled by Marlene, and both reflect on very real possibility that Moon Knight won't be able to get out of this one. A moment before the final ritual, the two lovers embrace, and Mark pleads to Marlene to promise to not let Beatrice ever forget her father. If things don't end well on this island, in tears, Marlene can only hold Mark close and promise him just that. The final ritual is at hand, and with a ring of fire, Mark is thrown. As he slowly gets up, Sun King finally appears and enters the ring. He is both excited and glad to have met Moon Knight, 
and extols the opportunity to meet his nemesis face to face. The Sun King mentions that if it weren't for Moon Knight, his existence would prove worthless. Upon threatening his daughter, Mark charges at the Sun King, but it's not long before the fiery flames and power from sun to sun king's eyes and hands subdue the fist of Gonshu. The sun king beats Mark, knocking out a tooth and burns the side of Mark's head, singeing his hair. With defeat almost at hand, the mind of Mark turns to his other personalities. It's Jake who chats with Gonshu, pleading for some sort of help Kanchu explains that it's belief in oneself or in something which sets Mark apart from the Sun King, a strong belief that will allow Mark to win. Within Mark's fractured mind, the images of Deidre's appear and it's with the beloved image that a firm belief is set to the mind of Muna. Motivation is not enough, however, much like the Sun King. Mark will also need to allow his belief to give him the strength and power to carry out his convictions. It's the power of crazy which reignites Mark, and with the unstoppable force, Mark reawakens and punishes the Sun King. Mark not only wants the Sun King to yield, but wants him to fear Khonshu. It's with this fear that he instills in the Sun King which finally grants his submission. Even Sun King's powers refuse to work after surrendering to Mark. It seems the Sun King's belief in himself is no more. With the Sun King beaten, the army of Rock quickly dissipates, and we see Bushmen, the truth, go their separate ways. Mark is left with the island populace, and although he can't promise a life, the Sun King promised he at least can advise them against him. And yet, as the crowd cheers, a solitary figure slowly joins the group. It's Dr. Emmett with her feline friend, horribly disfigured from the encounter with the Sun King. She smiles and cries out as a tear rolls down her cheek. She believes in love. She believes in conscience. Yes, thank you so much, Chad. That was a, a cool reading there of the Bare Bones for issue 193. Um, so this issue ties up um, the crazy runs in the family, the first arc of Bemis's run. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, had a lot of um, interesting feedback, I guess. Um, first off, Rebecca, I guess overall impressions. Uh, what did you think of this issue? Um, overall, I liked it. I didn't love it. I thought there was some interesting back and forth that were a little bit jarring. So, like, coming in and out of the fight and going, would you really give him time to go speak to Marlene in the middle of fight? Would you carry on the fighting? But I liked each scene as I read it. I was just, mm. like, going... I wasn't entirely sure how it all fitted together. 100%. I liked the fight. Mm-hmm. Not entirely sure I'm happy with the power of crazy as a phrase, but um, 
I can live with that. Loved the art, as always, with uh, yeah. Mr. Burroughs and Mr. Lopez. Um, I like the idea that believing in something makes you stronger. I think it's um, it fits very nicely when you have a god in play. Mm. To um, especially to say that the god doesn't actually have to be a god, but it does have you have to believe that strongly in something yeah. to give you power. So I like I like a lot of the themes behind it. I didn't love all of the um, how it actually came out. Uh, I like yeah. the bit at the end. I'm glad the cat came back. It was obviously one of our <laughs> one of our biggest questions from the first ever issue is yeah. we want to know what's happened to the cat. <laughs> um so uh I, yeah i mean i i it's like i liked every few pages on their own but i'm not entirely yeah. happy with how they're put together i guess yeah oh that's fair enough um yeah that's that's good and how about you chad what were your overall first impressions like rebecca um i don't like the term power of crazy but i get it it's not necessarily like, that's just how it got turned into the dialogue. Um, I think that it's not necessarily power over crazy as much as power over his own lunacy. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's definitely the phrasing, not the actual concept of what they're trying to get across that I didn't love. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's... Um... Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. It was uh, it was interesting. I mean, like Rebecca, we spoke about just before we went on air about the um, the holistic view, I guess, of the Bemis run. And uh, yeah, a few inconsistencies. Um, overall, I thought it was it was solid enough, although it it did have a few shortcomings. Um, so anyway, let's crack into the aspects. Um, so, um, Chad, I guess. What would your most what would the most defining bit of this issue be for you? I think that one of the more defining pieces of this is Dr. Emmett. Oh yeah. I was kind of skeptical about her entire appearance, whether or not she was, you know, in fact just, you know, Amot putting on airs. Or if it was Dr. Emmett and that's just you know, Mark being crazy again. Yeah. But her showing up at the very end, not showing signs of being an alligator, uh, you know, that was pretty nice. And just, she wasn't overly dramatized. She was very passive, but it was enough of And ironic in its own way, because, well, she was there to prove that Mark was crazy. And to us... You know, through Mark's mind, she was an alligator. She was Amat. But at the very end, she's not. So it's still keeping his entire psychosis in limbo. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. Look, I- I'm, a, I'm a little dim. Um, when I first read this, I was wondering who it was at the end. Um, had to be kind of pointed out after a, after a while, because I know I had totally forgotten about Dr. Emmett. Um, she kind of came and went in the first first two, or the first issue, basically, uh, and we hadn't seen her since. But um, 
I think the thing that threw me off was her missing eye. Like I, I couldn't remember that she didn't have an eye. But her the, the cat kind of gave it away, I guess, at the end. I think the um, cat was the big clue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, it was good to see her back, actually. And it, it does actually bring things kind of full circle uh, by having her there just at the end. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with her character onwards. Um but yeah, um, as Chad mentions Rebecca as well, um, and we had mentioned as well the the whole thing with with Emmett and Amut and and uh, and the truth. Uh, there's a lot to play there still, I think, with her character. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where it goes next. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about you, Rebecca? What would one of your main or what would a main aspect be for you for this issue? I uh, the art again. I'm very taken with it. I'm I'm very taken with all the oranges while fighting. Um, When they go into, like, his mind, it's just... I don't know, the colouring as well. It's so beautiful. It goes into, like, sepia and black and white, and then you get the sort of, like, psychedelic uh, thing where Beatrice is coming up, and they all, like, make this realisation that gives them something new to believe in. Um, Yeah. And then you, you move into the others and you kind of see that. I, it's just really nicely done. It's a real lesson in how colouring can mm. um, really shape a comic as well. And you go back to those last couple of pages and everything's very realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 yeah. It's, and, and I mean, obviously, I love the art, but like, yeah, it's, it's nice to see the colour making that much difference. Yeah, I, I think we'd have to tip our hats off here to Matt Lopez, the colours. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, Rebecca and Chad as well, um, these uh, psychedelic kind of in Mark's mind, it kind of always keeps you guessing, I feel, because to me this feel that he's created um, is totally different from, you know, the other times we've seen inside Mark's mind um, and the way that um, Lopez handles the, the colour there as well. Um, so I think that's really, it's a really good point that, um, especially yeah, if you look at where Jake kind of uh, hesitates a bit and then you get that real, you yeah, know, the profile is all different colors and it kind of, um, vibrates outwards. It's, it's really, really cool. And it, it just pops out because you've got that monochromatic kind of look, um, initially when you look in Mark's mind as well. Um, yeah, I would have picked the art as well, Rebecca. I think, I think out of, um, most of these issues, I think this is one of the stronger um, issues by Jason Burroughs. There are yeah. a lot of really healthy splash pages here, um, and mm. you can see the level of detail. I mean, he's always been detailed, hasn't he? But you can see the level of detail he puts in um, the expressions. Uh, he gets to kind of flex his muscles with uh, showing a bit of uh, a bit of a psychotic side to Mark. You know how um, Jason Burroughs is. Uh, he showed glimpses of it with the Sun King in, in issue 188 um, of just, mm-hmm. you know, showing that really crazy look in the face. Um, and with Mark, with his, his tooth knocked out and his, his kind of hair singed uh, and blood on his mouth, he, he looks, just looked awesome, I thought. Yeah, um, he definitely gets to stretch his muscles a little bit. Yeah. With the content yeah. this time, so it's really nice. Yeah, like there's this big splash page where he fights um, fights the Sun King and... Uh, and you see the the moon in the eye of Mark, just having staring mm-hmm. up into the full moon. Um, but I just love that. There's that bit um, on kind of the bottom right where it's kind of like a 
totally crazy mark with this blood and he's got his mouth open yeah. with a, a missing tooth. He just looks totally, I don't know, he looks pretty dangerous. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty cool as well. Um, Chad, have you, had you seen much of Jason Burroughs' art before? You know, I think I have because the entire style seems extremely familiar. Uh-huh. But I can't say I can put to a page or anything, but I'll do some research really quick. Yeah, it, it does have a level of um, familiarity to it as well. But um, I guess, I mean, this is his first venture into Marvel. Um, I'm not sure if he's done, he's, he's pretty much done like independent stuff beforehand. Um, but I'm not sure about the DC side of things as well. Um, or, or image. Do you know Rebecca if he's been in? in image I can't at all? remember. Yeah, no, I can't. I, remember. I remember we talked about it right in the first episode, but it's I, yeah. I've certainly not. I've certainly not seen his art before. Hmm. So. He's, he's got a good grasp of, uh, I guess, of anatomy and, and movement and all that. So uh, yeah, re- really nice, uh, really nice art. Um, look, as I've oh, as we've touched upon in our first impressions, one of the main aspects I would have thought. Um, is great is this whole thing about um, with belief kind of brings brings you power, um, and I really liked how they in, well how Bemis incorporated this into, I guess one into um, it being the catalyst for Mark to actually overcome the Sun King, um, and two to explain, I guess the Sun King's power in some way. I mean it's still a bit vague. I mean there's still references to him being either a mutant or an inhuman. We don't know, but like. Um, I like how this this idea, or as we mentioned, the principle of belief, can generate something greater in you. Um, so yeah, I thought this was um, a really cool concept um, that that Bemis has brought in as well. And I wonder if in future issues, uh, if we do see this belief kind of will a belief aiding Mark as well. Um, yeah, um, Rebecca, what did you? I mean, like you, you probably mentioned it before already, but like the, uh, yeah, this this power of belief. Um, you also mentioned the power of crazy not sitting well with yourself. Um, Just phrasing, yeah. I, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, as you say, it's kind of um, skirting toward, I mean, you, you don't want to. I, look, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's self-identifying, which I think um, is is one thing that you can just say, well, you know, there are people who say that about... There are people with mental health issues who would say that about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a, like, massive criticism. It just kind of found it a little bit jarring. My sister works in mental health. So I've been, like... I've had, over the last five years, a lot of my language kicked out of me for, like, oh, you can't say that. Oh, you can't say that. So I'm coming at it from a very particular, like... Um, I, I don't know how much of that is just internalised from being around her and, and being told yeah. what, what words I am and am not allowed to use about people. Um, yeah. But like I said, he is saying it about himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so each time he says something that I find jarring, I kind of find another, I find an excuse for him. And we have to remember that Bemis does have some experience with mental health issues. So, yes. you know, like, I, I don't want to come in and say that I know better than him what what is right and what is wrong. I don't. It is sat a little bit weird for me. I want it because, like, for years, Mark's been, like, in and out of belief in actual Konshu and not knowing mm. whether he was mad over believing in Konshu 
or whether Conchi was actually there. Um, so for him to believe in, I mean, yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's, I don't know what I would choose as a better phrase, honestly. Um, mm. and I really do like in a story where you have gods, um, that we're bringing belief into it. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, like, whether you, whether God exists or not, belief in God is the yes sort of def- definition of um of sort of being religious i guess um yeah no for sure so um yeah, and people find different ways to talk about sort of spirituality and stuff like that but that's the defining role and like now Konshu is one of the voices in his head and we don't have this externalized Konshu. um maybe that makes the belief somewhat different as well yeah, but the fact that, you know, like the fact that they believe in Deatrice, maybe it just means they believe in a future. You know, they believe in like having oh, yeah. a, you know, like a happy life. Not, yeah, um, yeah, it's weird, but I, you know, I like it overall. I like the concept. I like, I, it's one of those things that they play with sometimes. You know, like Sun King stops believing that he's all powerful, and that's when he loses his power. Um. It's it's both a little bit trite and also earned by the story because like he didn't really manifest the powers. Well, we don't. Well, he did, but in terms of mm-hmm. him being some sort of mutant or inhuman, but he didn't really like go for it with his powers until he heard the story about Mark and Konshu. Yeah. Uh, so it shows that the belief gives him a path, if not the actual power. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. For sure. Um. And exactly as I say, I think they, um, Conchu mentions it here as well, uh, just touching upon what you mentioned, Rebecca, about like the belief and, and, and it, it can be a belief in, you know, anything. And, and so as, as we saw, there was a, a belief and fondness for Deatrice, but Conchu says, you know, um, uh, haven't you ever believed in something? I'm as real to Mark as the bond of marriages to two lovers, you know, as, as real as the sting of madness, a drug induced vision. So, uh yeah it, it's it's just the yeah that really abstract sense of of belief i think which um which Bemis really wants to to put across um just going back a little bit um chad so you mentioned as well that you had uh it kind of you had a slight issue with with power of crazy does that align with with what rebecca mentioned as well um kind of for me like the whole power of crazy thing, it, it was an oversimplification to borrow terms. <laughs> um, just it felt like more his powers, the ability to guide his insanity, to be able to actually harness it into like himself to internalize it, rather than just you know, oh hey, I can generate this manifestation of my crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah, I, I think as, uh, as Rebecca mentioned, for want of a, a better term, I think, yeah, Bemis just went straight for a, a really kind of simple and, and obvious, um, kind of on the nose, um, term for it. Um, so yeah, he has kind of really simplified it, uh, to the extent, um, as that, but yeah, uh, look, it's an interesting one, and, and like I said, it'd be interesting to see how they, how they um, use this onwards as well. I think the next arc, though, would um, 
Well, actually, having listened to the Moonlight Core uh, review, um, there'll be a lot of one-shots now, is what I've heard. Had, had you, any of you, uh, Rebecca, had you heard that as well? I've, no, I hadn't, but I've not really looked into it. Yeah, I haven't looked into it as well, but if that's the case, uh, that would be interesting as well. I mean, I don't mind the old one-shots, but it would be it would be interesting to see if they do pursue it um, in the next coming arc, which looks to be more of a, um, again, another historical look back at Mark when he's young. I mean, that's just judging from from the covers by Becky Cloonan. Um, but yeah, that would be, yeah, that'd be quite interesting. Um, look, for the final aspect, uh, so... So we've had uh, Dr. Emmett, we've had the art, we've had this power of belief. Um, I wanted to mention uh, basically how the Sun King submits to Moon Knight. I think this is, I guess, well, I guess this is the main result of, of the end of, our, of this whole arc as well. Um, the Sun King wanting to gain ascendancy over Khonshu. Uh, to be the dominant, I guess, deity over uh, Ra being over Conchu as well. Um, but yeah, so we see Mark um, getting the Sun King to yield or, or to surrender and basically fear him. So he instills that level of fear back into the Sun King. And with Sun King um, surrendering, he loses, I guess he loses his, his power of, um, of what he kind of gathered before. Uh yeah, this, I mean, this is pretty much tied in with, I guess, the power of belief as well. Um, but, uh, where was I going with this? I was, I was just talking about the, I guess, um, the Sun King, um, he, I guess, losing his power. I just wanted to kind of dive into that, but we've pretty much covered kind of that as well. The only other thing here I saw is uh, on page, on the digital version, page 17, and I got it as a bit of a note as well. It's funny that the Sun King isn't isn't immune to his own his own power. Like Mark pushes his fiery hand towards his chest and actually uses it as a um, as a tool to make the Sun King surrender. Um, like you know, we saw before in in the earlier, I think the first the first issue one eighty eight, the Sun King he's like self immolates. Doesn't he? So, yeah. so, so if he is not immune to his fire, he would have just been burnt to a crisp then. So anyway, we see a bit of an inconsistency there, and of course his burnt hands. Um, it's which probably, may it's have... probably uh, when he's straight on in belief mode, he's immune. Yeah, true. I mean, your comic book logic here. Yeah, that's it. The old uh, CBL. <laughs> the, old comic, the old comic book logic there. So uh, yeah, I mean, but this is look. This is one of the big. The big defining things of this issue about Sun King basically losing, and and what happens repercussions. Um, we see Bushman slipping away into the night, um, saying, "You know, that's enough. I've kind of lost." Uh, and you see the truth reassessing his own uh, his own values and uh, just walking away, um, which is surprising as well because would not Mark Spector try and apprehend both of these? These fellas. I mean, the truth escaped prison, so he's not exactly innocent of anything. Um, and Bushman, like you know, one of his greatest nemesis. Um, just you maybe know. he's just tired. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I am looking to at get this. back to his daughter with yeah. Marlene. 
I am looking at that page where he says, thus ends the reign of the Sun King. Yeah, and, and I reckon, yeah, he, he probably does look a little spent. I guess he's, uh, you know, covered in blood and he's just been through an ordeal. Fair enough, I guess. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, so those were the four, I guess, main aspects. Um, any notes? Does anyone want to kick off on any, like, small observations on the, on the issue that they want to just highlight? Um, Chad, have you, have you got any? There's one thing that's been haunting me this entire time. Yeah. Crazy woman with the needles. Oh my god. <laughs> that grin is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think out of the mind of out of the mind of a a a, a creative writer there. You've got you've got this uh random older woman who who looks quite quite nice to begin with at the top panel. She's just knitting. <laughs> looks like a third grader's art station it's so pastel and beautiful and then you get yeah. closer and she's just superheating two crochet needles to do yeah. who knows what with i know i was wondering spe- speculating there as well what do you reckon she does with the needles there like he's still got his eyes so um i know some sort of branding um mm. but anyway yeah that is nothing scarier than an old woman with some burning hot needles <laughs> um, I uh look a little note I had and and again this is me just wondering is um the scene with Deatrice and Frenchie and we see Deatrice um praying by her bedside uh you know for the well-being of her parents uh, Mark and Marlene and you see Frenchie very much in there as well I, I'm still wondering if this is a sixth sense sort of thing where we are meant to believe that Frenchie is there looking after Deatrice, or whether, because he doesn't really interact with her other than, you know, putting a hand on her back, but she doesn't take note of it, or whether, again, it's um, just something like she's, he's not, he's not there. I don't know. What, what, what did you, what did you both think? Do you think Frenchie is real or? Uh, yes, uh, I do. You do? Okay. Because how about you, Chad? Well, I'm looking at the page right now and. You know, he puts his hand on her shoulder, and it's positioned in a way that keeps his hand from, like, ruffling the shirt at all. Mm. There's no actual interaction. It's just placed there. Exactly. And and if you look at the, um, well, the previous issue as well, all the interactions with with Mark, Frenchie, and Deutrice, Deutrice never really acknowledges him. Like, Mark refers to Frenchie, like, don't step on Frenchie's skin, or, or, you know, he talks to Frenchie, but, um, there's no real, yeah, acknowledgement from Deatrice that Frenchie's there. So, I don't know, I'm wondering if that's like a little seed that, that's being planted, um, that will be revealed or developed later on, but, uh, I just thought that was quite interesting. Um, yeah, the other note I had was, uh, the Deatrice splash page, you know, when they, um, I don't know what you both thought as well. I th- had a little bit of che- a little bit of cheesiness to it, obviously with the thing. But like with um with Jake kind of closing his eyes and smiling and just saying Dietrich, and them all looking upwards to the portrait of Dietrich in the psychedelic psychedelic colours. Um, I wonder if Dietrich, you know, bears a resemblance to Max Bemis's daughter. You, you know, um, I'm just wondering if there's a a, a little. Um, in joke there, or, or um, what do you call it? In, in reference um, between the artist and the writer. 
Um, but yeah, generally another one, one of the more um, colourful splash pages in this issue. Super colourful. Yeah. Kind of wonder, yeah, again... Uh, sorry, Chad? I'm kind of wondering about the uh, red spiral. It's very cryptic. Like, is there some kind of symbolism there I'm not catching? Oh, is this the... Um, you mean the, the red um, patterns? Well, mm-hmm. page that has uh, Deatrice and, you know, yeah. different aspects of Conch... Or, not Conch, but... Yeah, Mark. And it's just... Yeah. The red kind of feels yeah. out of place. Yeah, right. It, certainly the patterns are... I don't know. It doesn't lend itself to Egyptian, you know, any sort of Egyptian um, hieroglyphics or anything like that. Um, I don't know. Just but it's very imagine. much what it's, this is very much what Jake believes in, not what Mark necessarily believes in. Okay, yeah, true. I'm just, I'm just I'm just reading through it again, and like you know, like Jake's the one arguing with Conchu, and Conchu's saying, "Haven't you ever believed in anything?" And he's not asking Stephen and Jake; he's just asking Jake. Mm. And of course, Jake's the one who's been going to visit her since she was born. Yeah. So, and the others are kind of looking up. I mean. Stephen looks pretty wide-eyed, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of revising how I think about it because it is the very yeah. much trying to make Jake understand belief. So. I wonder also as, as well if there's a missed opportunity there because you know how earlier on Bemis established that Jake was the loose cannon and he was the you know the the violent one. Yeah. Um, it's okay. So on this page, it's got him acknowledging that Dietrich is uh, you know something that they all should fight for. Um, and then we see Mark go, you know, um, you know, just start to, to lay into the Sun King. I wonder if there was a missed opportunity there to depict at least that that's Jake um, going violent on the Sun King. Or do you I think thought that, that was just them all coming together. Like right, Jake okay. realising that there is something he believes in in the same way as Mark believes in. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So they're yeah, acting no. as one, but yeah, probably using Jake's violence. Oh yeah, but that actually that makes sense as well, Rebecca. I think that yeah, again, so something like a unified front um, for them, yeah. and then yeah, okay, yeah, because I did like that the touches um, earlier on in the early issues how Jake was established as being um, oh gosh, he's the you know don't let him out, you know, he's almost like yeah. the. Uh, yeah, the unpredictable one. I like but, um, I like Stephen being the one who's like talking about metatextual references and things yeah. like that. Like, bless him. <laughs> yeah, he's very. Just, I, uh, I actually I, I like the I like the way their language changes. Yes, depending on who's talking, that's pretty clever. Let's give yeah. him a thumbs up for that. And that that was a sticking point, I think, with a lot of his previous issues, in where everyone kind of sounded the same, which I I kind yeah, of think was this is very bad. distinct. Yeah. So it was really good to have distinct um, voices here, which is which is pretty good. Um, yeah, um, Chad, any any other notes by any chance? Or I just wanted to say this is kind of a uh, comparison with. Uh, have you ever seen that old movie Hook with Robin Williams? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, ages ago. So it's his power to fly comes back to him only when he realizes. He wanted to stay out of Neverland so that he could be a father. Right. And this is eerily familiar. <laughs> yeah, that's um. Like when you say that as well, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um. 
is it Spider-Man 3? Um, where Peter Parker tends to lose his spider powers when he has, um, I don't not not a disbelief in them, but he has a, a lack of faith um, to some degree. Um, so, yeah, certainly some common threads running through a lot of pop culture pop culture stories um all right i think we are up to our crescent dart ratings and uh what i've started doing actually i'm i'm going to go back um to all like all our reviews um and on our blog site i'm going to i'm going to post up the crescent dart ratings from from uh each each host or each guest uh i reckon that will probably help so anyone that's um Looking on our blog site or, or reading through the reviews can have a little snippet of, uh, you know, what the ratings are for them. So, uh, so, okay, so let us, um, let us go through this. Uh, alright, Rebecca, can I ask, uh, what would you give this issue 193? I, I'm not doing a conner and like making stupid, um, <laughs> point. I will give it a, 3.5 lovely lovely so, 3. I mean, yeah I'm close to giving it a 4 but I, I don't know I mean I liked it a lot so maybe 4 maybe 4 make it okay four. so well, I'll put you down for 4 yeah I like it more th- as I reread it yeah oh that's all that's a, a sign of a good sign of a good uh, issue there Rebecca <laughs> yeah um, Chad, how about you? What would you give 193? Contrary-wise, I will give it 3.5 Burning Hot Needles. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Um, does that take into account uh, how it fits into the rest of the run, or is that just um, just for this particular issue itself? Honestly, to go with this by itself, I would put it up at a four, but mm-hmm. the way that it works with the rest of the series, it feels kind of rushed, like they had to explain yeah. a lot. So yeah. that's what brought down to 3.5 for me. Yeah, right. I would, um, ooh, you've, you've affected my rating now as well, Chad, because you make some good points. I would have to say... I'd have to say three and a half as well. I'll give it three and a half. Um, I'm looking at at more of a uh, as part of the the run, um, and I felt that. Look, I know it was rushed a little, um, but I like the way that Beamer's handled. Say, you got a a really quick um, snippet of of Mark um, getting tortured and beaten. Like you know that was all covered in a couple of a uh, couple of pages, but. It gives a sense that this is a continual thing that they've done to Mark for, you know, who knows how long. So I like how they do that. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I will, uh, yeah, I mean, I did think, uh, the Sun King's motives at the end was pretty, uh, was pretty, I don't know, left un, unresolved. Um, so, especially how it started in 188. Um, so I'll have to stick with, um, three and a half. For that one. So, there you go, loonies. Um, I think it's an average of 3.6 or something. <laughs> uh, 3.6, 3.7, something like that. I haven't got a calculator with me. So, uh, yeah. So, I'd say still check it out. Um, and it is worth getting. And it may be interesting to read from issues 188 to 193, just 
um, one after the other. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all ties in. Mm. Um, having said that, um, Rebecca, I know that you have to shoot off. I do. Um, I have work yeah. calls, unfortunately. Yeah, no, no worries. Just want to say thank you so much for um, for fitting this in. You know, um, uh, it was uh, great to chat to you guys, and um, I may speak to you again soon. Who knows? Yeah, excellent. Well, um, yeah, thanks, Rebecca. All and, right, take uh, yeah. care, everyone. Catch ya. All right. Well, um, Chad, I think we still have a few things to wrap up here. Um, before we get into the next phase, I want us to just, um, first of all, I'm just going to jump to the spectacle. And uh, first and foremost as well, I want to thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, I'm not sure if this will come across to the loonies as they listen to this, but there have been a few technical challenges uh, um, for this actual episode. Um, so I appreciate Chad your your patience and uh, and for sticking with us. Um, yeah, thanks so much. No problem. It's been really fun. Yeah, I'm hoping to have you um, on again. Uh, hopefully, when the internet connection is is a lot better. Uh, yeah, it, it's yeah a few gremlins. They they're never fun with the podcast. But thank you so much. Um, and also, just wanted to um, spectacle out. Um, so, Moon, uh, sorry, Moon Knight Core, the Facebook page, um, go check it out. Um, they are really, really good. Um, Chad, would you, or let me just um, quickly look it up. So, I'll put this in the show notes as well, but you can definitely catch the Moon Knight Core on facebook.com slash Moon Knight Core, all one word, and that will take you to their page. They do um, daily memes are uh, really funny. There's a lot of great discussion on there. Um, a fantastic following. My gosh, this is a following I can only dream about, Chad. There's like 2,800-odd people following the page, so um, a, a massive amount of loony fans there. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, go check them out when you can. Um, before we... Before we sign off, we've actually got a lot of loony feedback to go through, Chad. And what I was hoping we'd do is, um, can we maybe just take one each and um, and just read them out? Cool, cool. Um, do you want to, maybe you can kick us off with the first one from Levi. Sure. Um, it says, oh. this one says, a pretty good issue, although it felt rather short. Also covers a bit misleading, although that's not unusual, I suppose. Anyway, some king was taken care of in a way that leaves the door open for him to come back in the future if necessary. So that's nice. Always good to have a memorable addition to Mark's Rome's gap. And Bushman's still around, too. Well, most of them. Little bit concerned with the preview for next issue, though. The true origin of Mark Spector revealed. Haven't we had that before? Pretty recently, even. I hope this doesn't end up being a rehash of the origin arc from the previous run. In fact, I hope it doesn't end up being more than one issue, since as good as the run has been, aside from a bit iffiness in the first couple issues, I'd really like to see Mark get up to being a superhero soon. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm all for these looks into the psyche or his past, but at some point you just gotta miss the days when he was a superhero doing superhero-y things, you know? 
I'm probably sounding more critical here than I actually intend to be. So I'll just wrap it up by saying again, pretty good issue. Yes, thank you, uh, Levi. Um, yeah, for sure. Look, I can't disagree with a lot of what he said. Um, yeah, of course, the cover is totally misleading. We didn't get that Predator-esque um, fight of Moon Knight in the jungle. Um, and I totally agree with you about it being rather short. Um, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, Chad, as well, um, it just seemed to me, I think, with this lead-up of, of the Sun King heading to the Isle of Ra and to um, setting up an army and gathering an army of, of Moon Knight haters and to, to get Bushmen and to get the truth together, he kind of lined up all his pieces, all for it to culminate in just him having a, a fight, basically, in a ring of fire with Mark. Um, it seemed a little a little flat, I think, as that, that being the, the massive, you know, climax to the whole run did you feel that as well absolutely i felt like it was like i stated later on it's just like there wasn't scope to his vision mm. like he was just a little short-sighted he just wanted to have some grudge match punch out in the sand yeah but it, it was it's funny because like up until that point, it seemed like that there was a master plan. You know, he had he had all these pieces moving. You know, he had you know um, kidnap Marlene as well. He had all this thing. It, it seemed like it was going to culminate into something huge, but it didn't. Um, and anyway, yeah. So with that regards, I, I do agree with Levi as well. Um, with the true origin of Mark Spector revealed, yeah. Look, oh, let's see how this goes. Um, as mentioned, it was covered, and look, Mark's origin is always covered and, and re retread um but this one with him being a kid uh it was covered in the lemire run um as well uh, how are you feeling towards seeing this new arc chad as well do you think it's going to be much of the same or do you think that there's scope for a lot more i think that there's a lot of room for development like not just touching on the same old topics of hey he was a kid made up different personalities and they just mm -hmm. progressed I hope it's like, you know, images of Khonshu, like, stepping in and reading him, like, bedtime stories in his head. Like, yeah. some actual growth of his character before his character. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it would be interesting to see, I think, Ty Templeton is the, is the artist for, I think, at least the next issue, if not the next arc, um... So it'll be a nice different feel to it, but um, let's see how Bemis handles it with a with no more um, Sun King. Uh, so the next one we have is from Chad himself, uh, and he mentions a one a fiery finisher, and then he goes on, or you go on, <laughs> to say it was totally an open door. I'm looking forward to more of the truth as possibly a merely enhanced character as he is morally flexible. I'm speculating that Mark's origin may revolve around the other personas of Jake and Steve and how they came to be set up into these full-blown separate lives, and yet totally ready for Mark to lead a visceral crusade back in New York City. Um, yeah, I, I reckon as well. I'm, yeah, as Levi said as well, Chad, I'm looking forward to just some out-and-out -out superhero action. Like, we haven't had it in a while, um, yeah, but, um, but you'd like to see more, uh, of Jake and Steve developed? 
I think that there's, like, a lot of things that we take for granted about them. Like, you know, we just kind of chalk them up to being the edgy cab driver and the smooth savants, but, I mean, that's pretty much the faces they put on, but these are, like, actual lives. Yeah, yeah. That have, like, you know, bank accounts and, you know, Mm -hmm. favorite foods. Yeah, we we saw a, a bit of that from Steve. Um, I think I believe it was issue one eighty eight or one eighty nine with him, his corporate side. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I'd like to see more of it and more of Jake, uh, more of Gina, like the supporting cast, like Gina and Ricky and Ray. You know, in the diner and Crawley. I'd love to see more of them. So I love um, Crawley. I love him. Crawley's cool. You know, I love his idea of the the tea bag. How he has that. You know, and he just uses it nonstop. Because um, he, you know, obviously can't afford uh, a new one, but yeah, Crawley's Crawley's ace, and you'll see you see a lot of the classic runs as well. He actually um, helps is instrumental in helping Moon Knight, you know, crack cases and stuff. So that's great. Um, Chad, you want to grab Tommy's one? Yeah. So Tommy, our guy on the street, um, <laughs> he says, "Yeah, for sure." Emmett repeats her, I believe, from issue one. Also, I'm placing a bet that the cat holds some significance. Emmett still sees herself as his doctor. I wonder if she'll serve in a role similar to Bast, act as an advisor, or become a new villain. I also love how belief alone can push a character to willpowers into existence. Maybe we'll be able to see the power of crazy pop up again in some enhanced power treatment. Uh, I agree. Weird the Bushman just walks away. Totally. And again, Bushman had his butt kicked on the boat and presently can't fight. He could have used a gun, but A, dumb plot device, and B, Mark had just convinced all of Isla Ra's citizenry to lose faith in the Sun King. Patient, he says 89, that's 86. Small, okay. Kingdom. And send their faith to Moonlight. Now I wonder if Moonlight's power will be impacted by his new faithful. If so, getting back to beat em up street comics will only bring back more followers, rescue victims, etc. Onward and upward. That'll all have to wait until we get that, until the next flashback arc is settled. Yeah, um, thanks Tommy, uh, our man on the streets there, um, and uh, fellow Looney, uh, a couple of good points here as well. Um, Chad, what do you reckon here? I think this is an interesting front, interesting point from Tommy about Emmett. I can't, I wonder how she becomes an advisor. I can see her becoming a new villain, um, but um, yeah, when Tommy says similar to Bust, I'm not too sure um, because she is only human, right? And so, and albeit slightly unhinged, um, possibly a new villain, I think. Uh, but at the moment, she seems to be very much on the side of of Mark Spector. For now, she's seemingly on that side of things. Um, I have this theory that if she turns into a villain in some way, shape, or form. It'll be along the same lines as, say, Doctor Strange. Or not Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Hugo Strange, to be specific. Oh, okay. 
So it, you know. So what happened? Oh, I'm very I'm very ignorant when it comes to DC stuff. So what what is it with Hugo Strange? Uh, Hugo runs a lot of uh, questionable practices over in the DC universe, creating mm-hmm. metahumans of different calibers, or you know, messing with the uh, essentially the way people think, rewiring them. He's mm-hmm. made plenty of villains and heroes alike. But right. he's just a mad scientist and just loves okay. experimenting. Yeah, right. And and Emmett could very much be that as well. Maybe skew the truth. I mean, I still want to see some sort of connection to Emmett and and the truth. You know, you know, um, just because it's it's meaning is is pretty obvious there. Yeah, I picked that one up when you I was going through the episodes. I'm all caught up now. And when mm-hmm. you said. Uh, there was some kind of Buddhist philosophy involving the sun, the moon, the truth. Oh, yeah, that uh, as well. I checked it out, and it's, uh, there are three things that cannot be long hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just makes sense, you know, and I, I can't see how Bemis would not be privy to that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, Tommy's also mentioned, uh, yes, as we mentioned, the power of crazy may pop up again as some sort of enhanced power treatment, which, uh, will be interesting to see. Uh, and also, yeah, Bushman, yeah, you got a, he has a point as, you know, just to walk away. He was, he has been constantly beaten by Mark, by Moon Knight, so why wouldn't you try to slip away? Um, yeah, but the other, the last point here that I think is found very interesting, and I think it's been discussed amongst many loonies, is this cult of Conchu. Um, so Mark's having these new followers now, and uh, and it's just alluding to what you said again at the beginning of this episode um, with Ma- with Moon Knight shown and all the other comics. Maybe that isn't, you know, maybe there are other pseudo Moon Knights out there, you know, um, running around doing doing Conchu's will. I, I don't know. That's how I like to see it, but. Um, uh, will definitely make it interesting, and with uh, this beat him up street comics, um, yeah, just his army would seem to grow and grow. I'd imagine. Would you would you see that a possibility at all, Chad, or am I just dreaming here? No, I. That was completely what I thought was a yeah. blatant thing that could happen. It's been seen in a lot of other comics where. You know, people take inspiration from a vigilante, someone with a backbone, comes yeah. out of the woodwork, and, you know, it just takes that one guy at the right moment, you know, yeah. with like a two-by-four, you know, a golf club to do conscious will. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting, though. Um, it is funny, though, because, you know, the, the populace on Isle of Ra that the Sun King has um, accumulated... They are a mix of, are they not? They are a mix of Moon Knight haters because they have been injured or disfigured from Moon Knight and a mix of the people on the boat. Remember we saw the people stowed away on the boat as well, just people wanting another opportunity at a new life and going on the Isle of Ra. So I'd imagine amongst that kind of population that Mark speaks to at the end, There'd still be a lot of people that would be absolutely gunning for for Moon Knight's, you know, death, as opposed to just the other people on the boat, which would, you know, I can see them turning around because they seem quite impressionable. 
but yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of haters there as well. So I don't know if they'll, I don't know how that works into it. Yeah, there was a pretty mixed bag there. Like, if yeah. you look at the crowd, there's, like, guys missing eyes and arms. Yeah. Some of them were, like, actually, like, on crutches. Right. And it it's just hard to imagine that these people that have been accosted, you know, parts of their corporeal being, just yeah. kind of, you know, give up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't say it as well, but... um. You know, again, maybe maybe comic book logic. Maybe we can apply that <laughs> again. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, we also have here the next quote, uh, not a quote, next comment, feedback from Bobby, who, of course, is um, of the Moon Knight Core Facebook page. And he mentions a page or so um, more dedicated to just Mark and Sun King battering each other, and it would have been perfect. Looking forward to seeing where Bemis takes this island full of Mooney worshippers idea in future issues. So, yeah, exactly as we just mentioned there, Chad. Um, it'll be interesting to see. This is another whole aspect, another whole, you know, um, corner of the Moon Knight mythos that can be explored. And I find this actually quite exciting as to, you know, Moon Knight having an army with him. Um, and uh, we saw previously in issues... It was only touched upon, and I'm glad it was only touched upon, about the whole legacy of Moon Knight. You know how we we see Ghost Rider and, and Iron Fist um, as legacy characters and Black Panther. Um, Moon Knight is, you know, apparently part of a long lineage of, of, um, of Moon Knights. I'm glad that was just kind of mentioned as a one-off, um, because that wasn't... To me, that's a, you know, um, tried and tested idea, you know, for a character. To now actually have... Um, these followers it is something different for me and and I know you mentioned that this is kind of similar to some other cor- uh, comics and other storylines out there as well but I don't know for, for Moon Knight it seems quite fresh um, and uh, and I agree with Bobby as well maybe a bit more of the of the fight uh, as again we've mentioned it was it was pretty quick um, albeit very very nice art from Jason Burroughs um Yep, Corey, do you want, oh, sorry, not Corey, <laughs> Chad, do you want to take uh, uh, the next comment here from Corey? Yeah, no problem. So Corey, Hardman, says, uh, as someone who has been pretty critical of this run thus far, I can say I really enjoyed this issue. I wasn't necessarily a fan of how he addressed the crowd at the end. That seemed a bit cheesy. But I love that they're bringing Dr. Emmett back and she still has her cat. How cool is that? <laughs> I'll be happy to take a break from the Sun King and this updated version of Bushman. And in the future issues, I hope to see more of the established rogues gallery, particularly Stained Glass Scarlet. I'm a bit skeptical of the next arc. I don't think we need another version of his origin, not at all. And I really hope this cover is misleading as the rest have been, because Moon Knight slash Khonshu had no influence in Mark's life prior to his death at the temple. I hope they don't change that, and we've already had a look at how his mental issues impacted his uh, childhood in the last run. I will remain open-minded and hope for the best. One thing I really want in the future is more of Mark fighting in his Moon Knight costume and less of the boxers. 
and whatever else random articles of clothing he has on. One of the best things about Moon Knight is that iconic costume. I'd love to see more of it. Yeah, I um, you know, I, I agree as well with Corey with that regard as well. But I also think that you know, absence kind of makes the heart grow fonder in that in that regard. I, I don't mind um, there not being a costume as much, at least for a short stint. And and look, this was just one arc as well, so we did see the costume in play here and there during these um these six issues. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, like Corey, I'm raring to see it in action, but um, I think because we haven't had it for a while, it will just make it all the more special when we do see it. Um, yeah, uh, Tommy actually replies to, to Corey's statement here, uh, and there, there was a, a few a few more replies um, to and fro, but um, I've just uh, included this one. He says, uh, remember, though, that Lemire depicted Conchu visiting a young Mark in several scenes. Yes, that could have all been in Mark's head, but perhaps Conchu did visit Mark when he was young, and Mark repressed that memory, just as Jake and Stephen may have been created in order to suppress previous trauma. Did Conchu cause the previous trauma? My guess is that this crisis is brought about via Mark's mother's death, which I believe Rabbi Spectre holds against Mark. Ah, can anyone else recall info on that? So, yeah, delving into the Moon Knight history there as well, um, that's yet another unexplored thing, uh, Mark's mother's death, which would be quite interesting. Um, and rightly so, yeah, Lemire has kind of um, has kind of touched upon uh, Mark's origin before but also this idea about the repressed memory um i find quite interesting as well more more into the mind stuff here chad uh, what are your thoughts on do you are you hankering for more um analyses of of mark's mind or are you more like Corey and looking more towards standard costumed street fights i'm kind of drawn both ways um so basically, I really want to see more of Mark's origin on the front of, I want to know what caused his trauma. I don't think that his DID was exclusively just, you know, from his birth. It's not hereditary, mm-hmm, in my mm-hmm. opinion, to just, you know, just throw that out there. As prevalent as it is to him, he rolls with it seamlessly. Yeah. I think that might be enhanced. I think that Kanchu may have actually been pulling the strings somehow with Mark's mother's death. And as virtually savvy as Mark's father has been in the past, it's completely believable that he might have seen past the strings. There's def- there's still there's still plenty to to look into, I guess, with um this side of Moon Knight. Um, I'm kind of like you as well, Chad. I think both. I'll be happy with both, although I am, I don't know, with Lemire's run being being so so good and so drawn out, uh, not drawn out in the bad sense, but um, since he was given a lot of issues to, to breathe with his 14 issues to go through, um, I think that was a really good exploration. Uh, I wouldn't mind a bit of a balance and... Um, I mean, those those issues are interesting and, and worth looking into, but yeah, I think a um, I think Mark or Moon Knight in the streets of New York City, 
just at least. And if these things are one-shots, if there are a few one-shots here and there, that would be great. Just to see him taking on, I don't know, I'd like to see Jack Russell again. I'd like to see some of the old classic classic villains. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know, we'll, we'll just take it from there. Um, yeah, sorry, Chad. Uh, should, could you please grab that one from Josh? It was a good issue. However, I feel this arc could have been one more issue. The conflict was over and done with pretty quick. Kind of over the cliche of take down the leader and everyone <laughs> will put down their armed plot. Yeah. So after Mark takes down Sun King, Bushman, and all those armed goons who already hate Moon Knight, and the reason they joined up for this, just fuck off for no reason. <laughs> I did like the beat down Mark gave Sun and him gaining the powers to do so. But that was a little taken out of the book because Mark looks so much like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Once he gets that tooth knocked out and it's close up on his face, overall, I thought it could have been a bit better story-wise. But I give it three crescent darts. Hope the next arc has him back in Irving combat. Yes, so another loony looking for a return to the urban combat. Um, fair enough, true. And and again, uh, wanting a bit more of this um, this fight and resolution between Moon Knight and Sun King. And the more and more I think of it, Chad, the more I think um, one more issue would have been cool. Maybe like an issue just before this of maybe like showing some mind games and um, I don't want to sound sadistic, but you know, some, some torture and beatings of Mark, just to I don't know, just to add weight more more to the the final conflict at the end. And again, you can actually even draw out the um the final conflict between Sun King and Moon Knight a bit more. I thought so. Yeah, uh, I think I think just a bit more. It would have been good if maybe it was stretched out to another issue or so. But maybe Marvel, maybe the editors said you know just keep it down to six. So, um. Yeah, looking like Gollum. <laughs> Why not? Uh, uh, yeah, and totally agree with uh, taking down the leader and everyone will put down their arms. So, again, I think that's a a uh, tool of convenience. Um, and I think, yeah, it, it did feel like kind of rushed for time towards the end there. So, um, second last bit of feedback we got from Logan. And he says, I'll try to be quick and short. So he's got the good points. Number one, Moon Knight's inner monologue with his personalities and his power of sheer will and belief is why I love Moon Knight. So that scene was just utterly perfect. Um, I think we probably share those sentiments as well. Uh, number two, I hope the truth and Moon Knight reluctantly team up. Uh, I can see that happening. Number three, so happy Emmett's not dead as the first issue was stellar. Me too. I mean, Chad, were you disappointed when when Emmett was burnt in the first that first episode? Not issue. When she showed up burned and you know screaming, I believe, I believe into the night. I I was kind of disappointed because she seemed yeah. like she had a strong head about her, and then just to kind of scratch her off seemed a bit petty. Yeah, and then to have her come back, it was it was a relief. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was I was slightly put off when she met her met her doom in one eighty eight as well. But um, yeah, but she's definitely back, and 
you know, the opportunities are endless. Uh, number four, I love how Moon Knight fought with a broken hand and he never flinched. Yeah, that's that's what, part of why I like Moon Knight as well. He is one tough bugger. And uh, he will just, you know, he'll just keep on keeping on as far as, um, as we're concerned. Now, the bad points from Logan. He said, boy, the Sun King's plan was confusing and horrible, which I think Chad and I, we both agree on as well as um, have discussed. Number two, Moon Knight seems pretty fine with the fact that the other two supervillains got away. And again, um, yeah, this kind of rubbed me up uh, the wrong way a little. I would have... I would have thought there would have been some sort of um, diligence on Moon Knight's behalf, but then, as Rebecca mentioned, he may have just been exhausted from fighting the Sun King. And uh, three, and it's Logan's biggest gripe, Mark was taken by force by will of the Sun King. If that's the case, why was Marlene written to be a damsel in distress? Mark wasn't motivated by his love for Marlene. He was dragged there against his will. Yeah, that's true. What, Chad, what are your thoughts on, on how Marlene was depicted in this first arc? I feel like, you know, in the presence of the Sun King, like when he was just basking in his power, he was ridiculously just out of scope. Like, mm-hmm. you touch him. And, you know, when he goes up to the apartment, he, like, clearly states, hey, I'm here. We're gonna do this, whether you like it or not. Or I could just melt the skin off you. Right. Yeah. And it, there's not really a lot that you could say against that. It's like, sure, you could do that. Um, I guess we can do things your way. Because what what are the options that they had there? That's true. So Marlene was less a damsel in distress and more of an insurance policy. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, she did put up a, a pretty good fight anyway when Mark turned up to her house, um, and when she fought, the, I mean, she she had no no compunction to to um, to go up against Bushman, who's a pretty scary character in his own right. So, um, yeah, but um, I think it was also a matter of convenience as well in the writing because Mark was on his way to to save um, and to save Marlene, go to the island. But uh, as was recalled in, I think, the last issue, or was it, or the issue before, um, before he was about to leave, uh, there was the army of of, uh, of the Sun King just outside his apartment um, wanting to take him to the island. So either way, he gets there. So um, uh, who know? I don't know if it was against his will because he was going to go there anyway. That's how I saw it. So he kind of went along. You know how they tied him up um, in the chair and on the ship? I think he was pretty confident that he could get out of it if he needed to. So I think he was playing along. But, uh, yeah. Uh, And the last one. Sorry? Uh, Chad, did you say something? Well, he did have the crescent darts, like, stowed away. Yeah, that's right. I think it was his plan to, you know, break free and do some heroics. Exactly, exactly. So I don't think he was dragged. I don't really think he was dragged against his will. It might have been a calculated uh, move by Mark or Moon Knight. Um, and finally, Chad, we have the last comment. So this is from our MK Midkeen Susan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the good one. <laughs> uh, short story. I'm very pleased. 
Long story, 193 was a well-placed, grim issue, except for the inner mental monologue that was somehow trippy. The scene confirmed that I've been, uh, what I've been saying for these past months, the belief in the deity ideal gives power to that deity itself, and hence the believers. Still, Deatrice's face, uh, face looked <laughs> so weird. <laughs> the art was terrible. <laughs> to me. The colors are too bright, maybe? Yeah. The panes where Mark's eyes uh, was shown, reflecting the full moon, and where the silhouette of his face was shown with his eyes glowing, along with the moon struck me the most. Looks like a cult of Ponchu was coming right up. Damn good. I'm very, very pleased. Yes, thank you. Um, I think at mid-kind, I, um, I, I got this as well, Chad. I had to ask um, our loony himself, because I think I pronounce it mid-kind and mid-keen. Um, I think it's mid-kind, but uh, thank you. Let's just call him MK. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, well-paced, he, he said. So, um, yeah, looks, look, looks like um, it depends. I guess each each in their own. Um and uh, is enjoying the fact that the cult of Conchu is coming. So, um, again, kind of reflecting our our thoughts and uh, and what we're looking forward to as well. So, thank you so much, Loonies, for all that feedback. We just we had a mountain of it, and I uh, really wanted to um, really wanted to shout basically shout you guys out for it because um, really do appreciate the feedback and love discussing the issues with you. Right, well, I think that pretty much rounds out our episode, Chad. Um, once again, thank you so much. Um, I know that you've you've got a bit of work to do after this, so I hope you can I hope you can rest up. Um, and uh, yeah, once again, you're more than welcome to come on to any any episode that you want to as well. And and once again, thank you. Yeah, it was a great time, and uh, you know, I'll just be your edgy cab driver whenever you need. <laughs> yes, Chad is our edgy cab driver. Um, yeah, and again, once again, um, just for Chad, because uh, it may not show up on the on the episode. But Chad, apologise for all these technical difficulties. But um, hopefully, we've got a brand spanking new exciting episode for all the loonies out there. Next phase, we are going to look at the damnation tie-in. So that will be um, Scarlet Spider number. 17, I thought it was 16, maybe 16, I think it's 16, I've gone in the notes here, 17, we're looking at the, um, yep, Scarlet Spider issue 16, and as per usual, we're doing that as part of a Damnation podcast crossover event, so we, we are teaming up with Defenders TV podcast, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast, and Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider um, podcast as well. Uh, we'll be looking at that tie-in. We're doing the Scarlet Spider stuff. So um, that's a lot of fun. Um, recently, what dropped was uh, the podcast by the Inner Demons uh, reviewing Damnation 3. So I'll put up uh, a link again for that um, so you can find that quick and easy. Um, and I know on the horizon, the Sons of the Dragons are going to be... Um, releasing their issue of their review of Iron Fist number 78. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, we're, with this Easter long weekend, we're gonna try and, um, we're gonna try and push 
to get this one out maybe just a couple of days after the release of this podcast episode, so keep your eyes out for that. And uh, yeah, rock on with Damnation. Um, and as always, you can find us on um, on email, moonnightpodcast at gmail.com. We have a blog site, which is into the night podcast at dot wordpress.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash ITK Moonlight. And we have a Facebook group, which is where a lot of the interaction happens between, um, between all the loonies. And that's facebook.com slash groups slash into the night. We're also on Twitter, uh, at ITK Moonlight. And we're also on Instagram, Tumblr, and YouTube. So just search for Into the Night with a K, a Moon Knight podcast. Uh, we're also, uh, we also have a podcast page as well, which is, um, from Libsyn. So I, I do believe it's into the night.libsyn.com as well. Um, so that's a very easy way to check out, um, our archives of podcast episodes. Uh, as always as well, we're on all your good podcast catches. So the likes of, um, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, uh, also iHeartRadio, we're on that as well. So yeah, just check us out and uh, tell your other looting friends. Well, um, <laughs> what I thought here actually, Chad, I'll, how about, can I give you the the, uh, the parting words for this podcast? Um, would you be able to throw us out to, to the end of this episode? I guess. Um <laughs> As always, may Conchu watch over this. I'm getting it all mixed up now. Sorry. How about you, Joe? Sorry? Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.